بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله today we begin our description of the hellfire itself after the description about fear and so on and today إن شاء الله we're going to be covering uh, a few different aspects about hellfire إن شاء الله the first thing we're going to be speaking about is where exactly is Hellfire located? Where will people go to? Where exactly is it located? Do we have an idea about that? Then we're going to be discussing what is the relationship between the oceans and the sea uh, to the Hellfire because there's a connection between them both in the Quran and in other in Sunnah and so on. Thereafter that our discussion is going to be about the various different stages of Hellfire and what is considered to be the doors of hellfire and we also will discuss inshallah the depth of the hellfire and essentially the size uh, of hellfire inshallah so firstly we begin with where exactly is hellfire located so according to ibn uh, according to atiyah who transmits from abdullah ibn abbas anhu he says al jannatu fi samai sabi'a i think this is pretty much agreed upon that the Paradise is on the seventh heaven, and then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He says, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will place it wherever He wishes on the day of judgment. Jahannam fil Jahannam is on the seventh layer of the earth. Is on the seventh earth. That will become a bit clearer as we continue this discussion. There's another. There's a hadith this time related by Imam Bayhaqi. Um, with a chain in which there's some weakness from Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu he said Al-Jannatu fi samai sabi'ati al-Uliya Paradise is on the <coughs> seventh, the highest heaven and hellfire is fil ardi sabi'ati sufla is on the lowest, the seventh and lowest uh, layer of earth to prove this, to substantiate this uh, from Surah Al-Muttafifin, verse 18, he recited, "Inna kitab al-abrari lafi illiyin." Inna kitab al-abrari lafi illiyin. That the record, the book of deeds, <clears throat> for the records of the good people, of the righteous ones, will be in the illiyin. Will be in those highest levels. But wa inna kitab al-fujari lafi sijin, which is verse seven, that the record book of the fujar, which means the transgressors, the unrighteous people. They will be in the Sijin, and generally Sijin is defined, uh, defined generally as the lowest recesses of the earth. However, Ibn Manda has uh, then transmitted also that on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take hellfire and place it wherever He wishes. And there's going to be descriptions that will come up that hellfire will actually be dragged into, onto rather the, uh, the plane of uh, reckoning. And that will just create an immense amount of terror. That will cause an immense amount, immense amount of terror among the people there. Thereafter that, we've got quite a few narrations. I'm just going to mention and said a few of them. It's related from Mujahid, who's another one of the early commentators of the Quran. He says, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Dhariyat, verse 22, so in the heavens is your sustenance and that which you have been promised, that which you have been promised. So he says this shows that paradise is in, 
is in the heavens. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also mentioned in the Quran that the disbelievers, except especially Ala Fir'aun, the people of Pharaoh, they will be presented in front of the fire, Ghuduwan wa Ashiya. Now, that is obviously in between this world and the hereafter, before the day of judgment begins, before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resurrects people after people die. That, that is a stage where Allah mentions in the Quran that, hell, uh, that they will be presented to the hellfire morning and evening. They'll be exposed to hellfire in the morning and evening. That gives an indication that if that's what's happening and generally people are in their graves at that time, then that generally indicates that hellfire must be on the ground. So that's another way to understand. Although we've got um, uh, clear articulations from many of the tabi'een on this subject, and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kalla inna kitab al-fujjari lafi sijjin. And that refers to the lowest of uh, the earths. So all of this is telling us that, that hellfire must be low down. It's not up in the heavens. Yet there's another hadith from Bara ibn Azib radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned regarding there's a long hadith in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa speaks about the soul being extracted. It's a really long and interesting hadith but we're not going to go through all of it. Um, I think we may have mentioned this in detail about uh, in our lecture on the journey of the soul after death. But in this case when the Prophet ﷺ moves on to the soul of the disbeliever, he says, biha So the soul of the soul of a good person, of a righteous person, the angels come, they take it, they're really nice angels, they're beautiful, they're very handsome and so on, and they take it and they take it up and they're given permission to ascend until they get to where it needs to be, you know, where the place of that soul, the the, the remaining place of that soul is. However, then when they try to take the soul of a bad person, Right, they they take it, they try to ascend, just like with the other, until the heaven, until the first heaven. They seek for it to be open, for them to be given permission. It's not open for them. It's not open for them. And that's when the Prophet ﷺ recited in uh, the verse of Surah Al-Araf, verse 40. That the doors of heavens, the doors of the heavens will not be open for them. They, they, they seek for them to be open, but they will not be open. And they cannot enter paradise, you know, until the camel is able to find its way through the eye of a needle, which is an impossibility. So it's to show that you're, they're not going to get there. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions regarding these people who are not allowed to ascend up like the good people so this is the hadith that also clarifies that it's going to be down under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says write his record his deed or write his name you can say designate him in the sijin which is in the lowest earth so then he mentions in the hadith, tarhan. His soul will then be cast away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect that, us from that happening to us. Imam Ahmad has transmitted this hadith. The end of it says, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, that let his soul go down, then his soul is then cast away. It's just cast down, right? So there's no honor left with it at all. 
then in a hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam again mentions uh, regarding the way that the soul is generally taken. So regarding the ruh and the soul of the disbeliever, Allah says, uh, or the Prophet sallallahu alayhi actually said, فَتَخْرُجُ كَأَنْتَنِ رِيحٍ جِيفَ When it comes out, when it's extracted, it comes out similar to the most, similar to the most, smelliest and disgusting and abhorrent uh, smell of a carrion. You know when you've got old meat lying around, old carcass lying around. I mean that really with all of the bacteria and everything, subhanAllah, that creates one of the, the worst, one of the worst kind of uh, um, smells and other experiences. So that is how the soul comes out of that person because you've just been filling it with wrong, filling it with evil all the time. That's why we need to wash our souls. We need to wash ourselves and that's done with the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah give us the tawfiq to do this. Allah give us the tawfiq especially to benefit from the month of Ramadan especially and give us ourselves a boost. Thereafter that, they, the angels come and take this to the door of the earth and then basically that's the kind of same idea Every time they come to another door of another level of the earth, so you know you can't go beyond except with permission. So the angels they go and every one of those gods they remark that how disgusting is this? How disgusting is this soul? Until eventually they come and they basically uh, cast it with all the other souls of the disbelievers that are out there. Imam Ibn Ibn Hibban and Imam Hakim and others have transmitted transmitted this uh, narration. That's why. There's also another transmission from Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As anhu to finish this off. He says, Arwahul kuffari fil So you can see that there's generally quite an agreement on this on this uh, on this point that the souls of disbelievers uh, go into the seventh earth, which indicates that that's where hellfire is. The next section is uh, about al-bihar tusjar yom al-qiyamah or tusajjar yom al-qiyamah. The oceans, what role do the oceans play in this regard? Now you see the earth, we have the land and then we have the oceans. The oceans cover more of the earth. And I'm going to not say anything until we actually let the hadith and the other transmissions speak for themselves and then I will try to put some perspective on that. Firstly, let's look at a narration that Imam Ahmed has transmitted from Ya'la ibn Umayyah that the Prophet wasallam said, Al-Bahru huwa Jahannam, that the ocean is hellfire. So they said to Ya'la, who's the transmitter from the Prophet wasallam in this case, right? This is a bit of a weak narration. It's narrated by Imam Ahmed, right? But for, for this discussion, there's quite a few weak narrations. If you want to get the details, we're going to have to go to them and they're not necessarily incorrect. They could be absolutely correct as well, except that they've been determined to be at least weak. So they said to Ya'la, they said something to Ya'la about this, right? They must have questioned him that, what do you mean that the ocean is Jahannam? I mean, it's probably the first time, uh, you know, a lot of people have probably heard this. Uh, but maybe Bermuda Triangle and all these kind of things start making a bit of sense now. But I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get into any conspiracy theories. But Al-Bahru huwa Jahannam. So they talk to Ya'la about this. They kind of maybe question him. So he says, Ala tarawna. Don't you see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, Naran bihim suradiquha. Right, which we've uh, spoke about before. It's Surah Al-Kahf verse 29. 
that this is the hellfire that uh, it will it will encompass them right so he then says that by the one in whose hand uh, is Ya'la's life I'm not gonna ever I'm not gonna enter it until uh, I am so I think he's talking about he doesn't want to now enter into the ocean at all until he becomes presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, uh, so yeah he 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 was the one who transmitted this idea thereafter that if this is established that the that the oceans or the seas are is where the hellfire is going to be so how, how exactly is that going to work out so then he says what that means is that the oceans on that day they will start to flow right they will start to flow on the day of judgment and they will all come together they will all unite together and become one major sea or one major ocean one huge mass of bo of water so that's the idea that it will all come together in one place and they it will become one single body of water thumma tusajjar then after that the word sajara is used in a number of places the concept of the ocean uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wa idhal biharu sujirat which is uh, surah at-takwir the shamsu kuwirat verse 6 then after that there is wal bahrul masjur wal bahril masjur right so the concept of sajara as mentioned in the Quran sajara means to overflow or to flow to flow to overflow to pour and it also actually means to become filled with fire that's a really interesting idea you know how you reconcile the idea of the ocean becoming filled with fire now that's up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how that's going to happen so al biharu sujirat is also has also been described I mean surah al-taqweer a number of the salaf number of our pious predecessors when they've interpreted this verse they've actually spoken about this as being it becoming filled with fire it be becoming kindled with a fire of some sort that's why you've got from Ibn Abbas anhu, he directly uh, directly interpreted this by saying that this will be inflamed or will, will overflow until it will become fire it will become fire that's going to happen on the day of judgment where there's going to be you know everything's going to change as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in these surahs إِذَا الشَّمْسُ كُوِّرَتْ وَإِذَا النُّجُومُ كَدَرَتْ وَإِذَا الْجِبَالُ سُيِّرَتْ when the mountains will be made to move and just, just slide right so then we've got from Ibn Abbas عنه, again وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ سُجِّرَتْ says that the shams the sun, the moon, and the stars, they will all be wrapped up. So, as Allah mentions in the Quran, uh, the concept of this right? or it refers to being wrapped up, being folded, being divested of light. So, when you wrap the sun up, it's, the light is extinguished, the light, light is gone. Likewise, the moon will be wrapped up. And folded up. Likewise, the the stars. I mean, the sun is just a star. So the stars will that will happen to that as well. They will all be wrapped up, and it will be fil bahar, and they will be in the ocean. Now, how exactly what how exactly that will happen? I mean, uh, the stars are bigger than the globe, bigger than this earth. 
So how are they going to come into this body of water? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best exactly whether they, they, they become so wrapped up and so tight and so compacted that they all come here or this is another body of water that we're speaking about. Allah knows best. All I can say that that's what it mentions in the different narrations. And this is from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. Then after that it says that once they've been wrapped up and they've been put into the ocean or placed into the ocean or cast into the ocean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَيَبْعَثُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهَا رِيحًا دَبُورًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then send upon it the western wind right the western wind which will then which will then cause it to actually become hellfire to become a fire become a fire Ibn Abi Dunya and Ibn Abi Hatim has transmitted uh, this hadith exactly how that's going to pan out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best Thereafter that Ibn Abi Dunya Ibn Abi Hatim has also transmitted from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu in the verse of Surah At-Tawbah verse 49 that Jahannam is going to be completely encompassing of the disbelievers. So in that case Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu then interpreted that the tafsir he gave is that this is your ocean that is being discussed here, that is what's going to overcome them. The stars are going to be sprinkled into it, cast into it. Likewise, the sun and the moon will also be rolled up and they, that, that will become Jahannam. That is going to change into something. Allah knows best. Thereafter that Ibn Jarir al-Tabari rahimahullah, he transmits, transmits through his chain, uh, the great commentator of the Quran, he transmits from his chain from Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, from Ali radiallahu anhu this time, that he said to one of the Yahud of Medina Munawwara, he said, Aina Jahannam, he just asked him because you know they had a lot of their own traditions and so on, so he's just like, okay, where's Jahannam? So he's saying, Al-Bahr, the ocean, that's where it is. So it looks like from... Jewish traditions at that time, they also got this idea, they had it as well, that it's in the ocean. So Ali radiallahu anhu said, مَا أُرَاهُ إِلَّا صَادِقًا وَمَا أَرَاهُ إِلَّا صَادِقًا You know, I think he's right. Like, I don't think he's anything but right. I think he is right. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, so this is Ali radiallahu anhu's uh, extrapolation. He says, I think he's right because Allah says in Surah At-Tur, verse 6, وَالْبَحْرُ الْمَسْجُورِ The ocean which has been made to overflow or which has been made to become fire, as is the interpretation. And likewise, Allah also says, He said in Surah Al-Takwir, Shams Al-Kuwir, verse 6, So there's something going on about this. There's something to do with the ocean and hellfire. Okay, we'll get a bit more understanding. Adam ibn Abi Iyas, he mentions in his tafsir from Hamad ibn Salama, uh, all the way uh, up to Sa'id ibn al-Musayyab. Now Sa'id ibn al-Musayyab, as you may know, he's one of the prominent and high-level ranking uh, tabi'een, uh, one of those who were the direct successors of the Sahaba and the companions. He said that he transmits also that Ali radiallahu anhu did say once to a, a Jewish individual that where is this Jahannam? And in this case, he says under the ocean. So rather than the ocean itself, but he says under the ocean. So Ali radiallahu anhu said he's telling the truth because then he recited وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ سُجِّرَتْ when the oceans will be made to become inflamed like that. And then he read also وَالْبَحْرِ الْمَسْجُورِ from Surah At-Tur. 
So that's really, really interesting. Now we're getting a better understanding. When you're talking about the ocean, we're saying the bottom of the ocean. Now the bottom of the ocean is probably the easiest way to get to the lava rock be beneath it. Because they know that the, the way the earthquakes, uh, sorry, not earthquakes, the way volcanoes uh, come about is because of the various different plates. They get pushed up and they create a crevice and uh, uh, all the way down to the bottom into the, the core of the earth. And then that pushes out the lava. And this, there's much of this actually happening at the, uh, at the bottom of oceans, right? And if you study the geology of this, it's quite interesting, right? How you get these hot water springs because they've got, you know, they, they, they have this heat coming uh, from the natural source from underground. So this makes sense that that's the vast amount of ocean, right? And hellfire could be beneath it then exactly what's going to happen, maybe the water will all dry out and it will just become a fire. Allah knows exactly how that's going to come about, but that's a huge expanse of the way to get to the lowest portion of the earth. It just makes sense because if you have to go through earth, it takes longer, right? Whereas the oceans, they're just lower, so it's easier to get to the core of earth because it's just closer in that sense. You just have to go through the body of water, but whether the body of water will remain at that time or how that will become because it's talking about that becoming like a fire, that's very interesting. Now, if any of you, you know, have done any studies of uh, geology or any of this thing, and it's, any of this is relevant, or you can <clears throat> give us a better idea, then I'd love to hear from you. You know, like just contact us through Zamzam Academy, and uh, you know, I'd be interested in learning uh, any research that you have you have about this. Thereafter, that the next narration I'm going to quote is from Abu Nuaim Al Asfahani in his Hilya. He quotes from Kaab uh, regarding the verse verse uh, verse 48 of Surah Ibrahim says. The day when the earth, that as you know it, will become a different earth, right? Because the mountains will be made to just slide and flow and the earth will be made to become completely flat. Then after that, you're going to have the ocean. That's where the whole hellfire activity will be taking place there. Then he talks about the heavens. So he says the heavens will become the paradise that's where paradise is the the earth will be changed and the place of the water on the earth will become the hellfire right and that makes sense there's also another transmission from ibn abbas radiallahu anhu says that annaru tahta sab'ati abhurin mutbaqa that the hellfire more specifically is actually under seven layers of earth seven layers of earth one over the other it's on the seventh layer at the bottom when you're talking about heavens they ascend when you're talking about hell uh, when you're talking about the earth's layers they descend down into the core there's another hadith from abdullah ibn amr radiallahu anhu he said it looks like he had this understanding as well and that's why he said la yutawadda bima'il bahr li'annahu tabqu jahannam now, you don't have to necessarily follow that. It is allowed to make wudu with the water of the ocean. But he says that people should not make wudu with the water of the ocean because that is just one layer of hellfire. Now, that was just his exaggerated was saying that he had an understanding of that. And likewise, Saeed ibn Abil Hassan, Akhul Basri, he also said the same thing that Al-Bahru Tabuku Jahannam, that the ocean is a layer of hellfire, so don't mess around with it. Right? 
Now, I don't want you saying like, hey, we can't go to the beach anymore. We can't double our feet in there. We can't go for a swim. All of that is allowed. It's just, I think he's saying this more as a warning or he was maybe just exaggerating the idea a bit or that was just his personal opinion. In the Sunan of Imam Abi, uh, Abu Dawood from Abdullah ibn Amr radiallahu anhu again, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, right, now this is a hadith which is really interesting about sea voyages. He said, لَا يَرْكَبُ الْبَحْرَ إِلَّا حَاجٌ أَوْ مُعْتَمِرٌ أَوْ غَازٍ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّ تَحْتَ الْبَحْرِ نَارًا وَتَحْنَ النَّارِ بَحْرًا um, nobody should uh, undertake a sea voyage except the haji, you know, meaning the pilgrim to get there or uh, the person who's going for umrah or the person who's a warrior in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if he needs to travel for that purpose because underneath the ocean is a fire and underneath that fire is another ocean, another ocean of what, maybe molten lava or something, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Very difficult to interpret these things without knowing the reality. We take it as it comes. Imam Khattabi, he comments on this hadith uh, in his commentary. Uh, he comments on this hadith of Imam Abu Dawud before you know people jump to conclusions, get the wrong idea about this. He said, what the Prophet ﷺ is trying to say is he's trying to exaggerate the seriousness. He's trying to warn people from taking unnecessary sea voyages. The sea is not something you need to mess around with, that you want to play around with. So you're better off avoiding the sea because it's just tumultuous. It's just dangerous. It just could be unpredictable, right? We've had so many ocean liners and other things that... Uh... So he was just warning against it. It's tadkhimu amril bahr. He's just trying to magnify the seriousness of sea, uh, of, uh, or the danger of sea voyages. Tahwilu sha'nihi. Why? Because there's a lot of hazards in the ocean, right? There's a lot of hazards in the ocean. So that could be another reason as well that he's mentioning that. Now, just to clarify, as I said, majority of these sources and the statements of the Tabi'een and from the Sahaba, etc. Uh, go to make it very clear that the hellfire is actually under the seventh earth, is in at the bottom of the ocean, at the bottom of the earth. However, there are some transmission which say otherwise. They're weaker, right? And they can all be reconciled and interpreted to... But I'll just mention it just so that if you do come across it, you won't get confused. There are uh, some tabi'een, there are some of the early exegete who said that in the verse of Surah Al-Dhariyat, verse 22, وَمَا تُوْعَدُونَ in the heavens is your sustenance, is your provision, and that which you have been promised or warned against. So, uh, Mujahid said that it means paradise and hellfire. Likewise, this has been transmitted from another early commentary called Dahak. Um, likewise, Hudayfa, uh, radiallahu anhu, relates from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that I was uh, the burak, the burak, that special animal, uh, the, that mount, uh, was brought to me. And me and Jibreel, we continue to go in bursts of how far its sight could go until we got to Baytul Maqdis. And the doors of the heavens were opened up to us from Baytul Maqdis. Now, if you've, if you've read the deeper details of the, the Mi'raj journey, you know, just the last month, uh, everybody was speaking about it because of the occasion possibly being in the month of... Uh, Rajab, um, 
One of the reasons that ulama mentioned, numerous ulama have mentioned this, of why he went to Jerusalem first to go up to the heavens, right, is because the doors of the heavens are above Jerusalem. That's where the access point is, right, for anybody that wants to go up to the heavens. And there it said that uh, the doors of the heavens were opened up and I saw paradise and hell. Imam Ahmed has transmitted this. This gives an indication that he saw hellfire up there, up in the heavens. However, I mean, there's another narration as well that the Prophet ﷺ said that I saw the night that I was taken um, on that journey at night time. I, I was shown paradise and hellfire in the heavens. Right? And uh, so there's a number of these ahadith about that. However, the way to reconcile this is quite simple that that was a moment of truth, that was a moment of showing him the metaphysical world, right? Or the world beyond what we can see, the malakut, samawati, well, the unseen world, we can say. So that was just a place from where he was given these visions. It doesn't mean that hellfire is actually up there. It was just a place from where he was shown so that the, the one who's having the vision is in the heavens. That does not necessitate that the hellfire is actually in the heavens as well. So that is just to con uh, conclude that how we reconcile all of this. Uh, for example, there's also the Prophet ﷺ, because if it's up in the heavens, right, and if you're going to take that literally to say even, we know paradise is up in the heavens for sure, right? That's, that there's pretty much an agreement. It's just hellfire, there's that bit of difference of opinion. But if we're going to take this hadith literally to say that hellfire is in the heavens, then how are we going to take this hadith if we're going to use the literal approach? There's a famous hadith of the Prophet ﷺ regarding when he performed the Salatul Kusuf, the Salat of uh, the Eclipse. Right, and in that Salat al-Kusuf, he says that I was actually shown paradise and hellfire. Now the Prophet ﷺ is standing on the ground when this happened. He's been shown paradise and hellfire. Right, so clearly that indicates that that's a vision he's having. He's not there in hellfire. He's not there by hellfire. Right, so that means hellfire doesn't is doesn't have to be in the heavens at all. Right, right. So without belaboring that point, I think that clarifies it. Let's move on to the next section now. The next section now is once we've understood where hellfire is, to conclude, it looks like it's under the oceans, right? In the depths of this earth. And Allah knows best. Now, once we understand hellfire itself, there are levels in hellfire. So hellfire, once we start talking about hellfire itself, uh, after, we're, after locating it, you see, with all of these things, <clears throat> we have to scramble around to find what's mentioned. Right to find what's mentioned, so that we can try to understand where these are to get all of the details together. So regarding his tabaqat and so on, let's uh, firstly, Alhamdulillah, we have a verse on in this uh, in this regard. We have a verse where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is saying in Surah An-Nisa, one uh, verse one forty-five. Innal munafiqin fi al-darq al-asfal min al-nar. The munafiqeen are going to be in the lowest dark, lowest level, lowest stage of hellfire. Now remember, as I mentioned earlier, when you're talking about hellfire, the lower you go, the worse it becomes. When it comes to, when it comes to paradise, when it comes to the heavens, the higher you go, the better it becomes. So in this case now, hellfire has also been called darajat meaning levels. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Suratul An'am, verse 132. Now this one isn't as clear, but you can interpret it in this way. For everybody will be levels based on the deeds, the deeds and the actions that they performed. Thereafter that, there's other verses, for example, in Surah Ali, uh, Ali Imran, verse 162, 163, Allah says, Speaking about the person who returns with the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his refuge is hellfire. What a bad place to end up in. Hum darajatun These are level stages according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So some have interpreted this. Abdurrahman ibn Zayd ibn Aslam ibn Aslam has said, Darajatul Jannah, Tadhabu Uluwan wa Darajatun Nar Tadhabu Sufulan. There's darajat and levels in paradise, and there are levels in hellfire as well. So they refer to both places depending on where a person goes. But as he said here as well, the levels of paradise ascend. The higher you are, that's the penthouse, right? That's the way the world works as well. And I guess it's the same way the world works for punishment. The deeper recesses of prisons and dungeons, right? They were the worst places. The further they are from the light, the further they are from the surface of the ground, the, 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 the lower they are from sea level, that makes it just worse. And that is essentially what hellfire is going to be about as well. Likewise, in Surah Al-Hijr, verse 44, um, Ibn Abid Dunya has transmitted from Ikrima radiallahu anhu that he said regarding uh, the verse, Laha sab'atu abu'ab. Now generally, people will translate this as hellfire has seven doors because abu'ab refer to doors. But the idea of each of these doors, it seems like they are for each stage. That's why Ikrima a uh, great exeget of the past, he said, that means seven, that's referring to seven stages. So the seven doors of hellfire refer to its seven stages as well. Likewise, uh, there's another, uh, uh, thereafter that, Qatada has transmitted regarding uh, the same verse, Laha sab'atu abwab, then Allah says, Likulli babim minhum juz'um maqsoom. For every door, there's going to be a divided, stipulated, separated amount of people or a cohort, right? That obviously refers to those people who enter from there and go into that stage. So abwab and doors refer to the the levels here, right? The floors, that's your, uh, that's basically um, the stage you're at. That's your promotion, right? Or degeneration. La ilaha illallah. Yazid ibn Abi Malik al-Hamdani, he says that Jahannam has seven fire areas, seven fires, right? Huge, immense fires. And this is really interesting. In terms of the different levels of hellfire, Jahannam has seven layers of hellfire. All the fires are actually of different intensities, right? So the fires want to stay away from one another. Or from the one worse than it, from the one lower than it. So the fire that's available in the topmost stage wants to stay away from the fire in the lower stage, right? And they try, they keep watching out for this, right? 
out of fear that the fire of the lower stage will consume it. So it looks like the fire just gets worse, more fiery, more intense, and more severe as you go down. Ibn Juraj, regarding this verse, Laha Sab'atu Abuab, it has seven doors, he says, he didn't describe them in detail. He says that the first one, the topmost one, that is Jahannam. Right? The topmost one is Jahannam. The next one is Lava, Kalla Innaha Lava. All of these, most of these words come from the Quran itself. So Jahannam is at the top. Although uh, we refer to the whole thing as Jahannam, maybe because Jahannam is the first stage, the whole thing can be referred to as Jahannam as well. But more specifically, the top level is Jahannam. The second level, right underneath it, is Lava. The third level is Hutama. As mentioned, uh, you know, you've read the surah with that. Then the fourth level down is called Sa'ir. Again, it's mentioned in the Quran. The fifth level down is called Saqar. Right? Saqar. And then the next level is called Jahim. Jahim. Latarawunna al Jahim. And then the last level there is called the Hawiya. The Hawiya. And it says that is the one Abu Jahl is going to be in as well. Maybe with the Munafiqeen. Salam al Madaini. Salam al Madaini. He relates from Hassan all the way to Dahak. I've mentioned Dahak before as a commentator. He says, Linnari Sabaatu Abuab. Hellfire has seven levels, has seven stages. And Wahiya Sabatun Adraka Baduha Ala Baudin. Right? There's seven. He's gonna tell us about each one of these seven. He says, Fa'alaha, the highest level of hellfire, which we call Jahannam, is the place for the uh, for the Ahlut Tawheed, is for the people of divine oneness, meaning the believers, right? Yu'adhabuna ala qadri a'malihim wa a'malihim fid dunya. They're going to be punished in there to the level of their deeds, their bad deeds essentially, and their lives that they led with those bad deeds in the dunya. Then they're going to be taken out from there. You can say that that first level is like a washing machine. Right? You can say that that level is like a washing machine for the believers. Right? It's the lightest of them all. They just need a bit of heat. It's like a dry cleaner, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I don't want to make fun of this. We're not making fun. We don't want to take this light. But just to give an idea, the reason the believers go there is literally just to be purified, right? To be punished for their sins, then they're taken out of there. That is not a permanent place. That, that is not a, a place of permanency for believers. Alhamdulillah, may Allah keep us uh, believers. In the second one, it says the Yahud will be in the second one. And in the third one will be the Nasara, which is really interesting, Right? Then the fourth one will have the Sabi'un, the uh, Sabites. In the fifth one will be the Majus, the Magians. The sixth one will be the Mushrikeen, the polytheist of the Arabs. And in the seventh one will be the Munafiqeen. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nisa 145, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. I don't know if there's agreement about this distribution, but it gives us information about it. I don't know if anybody's going to argue, hey, no, I was at, we, uh, the Yahud will say, no, we're actually in the fourth one and not the third one. I doubt there's going to be that kind of description. Either one, it's bad enough. May Allah protect us. Thereafter that, it's related from Khaythama ibn Abdul Rahman and Musayyab, uh, who transmits from his father, said, they both ask Abdullah ibn Masood, anhu, can you tell us, ayyu ahlin nari ashaddu athaban? Which of the denizens of hellfire, residents of hellfire, right, are going to be the worst in their punishment. 
He said, Al-Yahud wal-Nasara wal-Majus. The, the Jews, the, Nas- the, the, the Nazarenes, the Christians, and the Magians. So he says, um, so that's what his response was. So then they asked that, no, then he said, no, the worst are actually going to be the Munafiqeen, hypocrites. They're the worst because that, that they are one of the most dangerous of the people. Because a disbeliever is openly a disbeliever, you know where they stand. When somebody calls himself a believer, but inside they don't believe, that is extremely, extremely dangerous and detrimental and very, very harmful. So, not only is that the lowest stages, uh, lowest level, it's almost like it is what you would call the isolation chambers, right? That is where they isolate people. So, it says that the munafiqeen are going to be in that lowest stage of the hellfire, fi tawabit min nar, in coffins of fire, literally in coffins of fire, mutbaqatan alayhim, laysa laha abwab, which will be, you can say, uh, nailed down on them, right? Fixed down on them, right? And there will be no doors for that. So once you go in there, that is the worst part. There's no movement even. The other place is just a bit lighter, even though they're bad enough, right? But this is really uh, the, the, the most severest place of it. Thereafter that, we've got another transmission from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. That regarding this, in the munafiqeen fi darkil asfali min nar he describes it, he says this Ad-Darkul Asfal, meaning the lowest level, Abuyut, are these chambers, Laha Abwab, which have doors, Tutbak Alayha, which then will be shut upon them, Fayuqad min fawkihim wa min tahtihim, and then the fire will be will 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 erupt from underneath them and from above them. Now you know, um, um so when you go to Disney World or um Universal Studios or uh, these other places, you you have all of these different rides. Now, some of these rides are to do with fire, right? And subhanAllah, you know, I would never go into that. Because it's just like, why would you want to go into that? They've got a ride called the Earthquake. It's to feel bad about going into that as well. Because this is a punishment. It's like you're going to experience a punishment, it's kind of really weird, subhanAllah. It's really weird. But maybe if you go there to go there to feel like, uh, you know, to make it re- you remember death and so on. Like I said last week, I don't know if anybody has uh, taken that into consideration of creating some kind of 3D virtual reality experience that will just teach us, you know, filled with verses and so on. I hope somebody takes it up, you know, inshallah. So anyway... He says that these will be chambers down there and then the, the fire will just come upon them. And that's where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Zubar, right? Um, verse 16. لَهُمْ مِنْ فَوْقِهِمْ ظُلَلٌ مِنَ النَّارِ وَمِنْ تَحْتِهِمْ ظُلَلٌ They'll have this fire erupt, right? From beneath them, canopies of fire from beneath them and from above them. Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak, rahimahullah. He transmits from Abu Yasar that min jahannam fiha zawiyah. In hellfire, if there's anything even like a shade, if there's anything like a kind of a resting place that you would think, let me go there, that seems like a quiet corner, that seems like a respite, a place for respite. He says, there's going to be 70 of those places that they could choose. 
وفي كل زاوية سنف من العذاب ليس في الأخرى Each one of them will have a unique punishment in there So there is no place to escape There's no place for rest Even the place you think is for rest You go there and there'll be a different type of punishment there That will be a proper theme park That will be a horror park Those who like horror movies Allah protect us You know, you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us Ibn Abi Hatim has uh, transmitted through his chain from Ka'b that, you know, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in لا أقسم بهذا البلد وأن تحل بهذا البلد and then eventually it's uh, in uh, verse 11 فلقتحم العقبة وما أدراك ما العقبة فلقتحم العقبة regarding this verse which means yet he had not assailed or even attempted the steep path that's what it means. And do you know what this steep path is? So they're describing this as the 70 stages in the hellfire. So that's within the big seven, the 70 stages, 70 steps or whatever it may be. That will be an incline of some sort. It'll be a type of punishment in there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Then it carries on. So that is telling you that if you want to stay away from that, then go and free a slave. Or go and feed people, that will be inshallah protection from these things. Damura says that I heard Abu Raja saying that it's reached me that this Aqaba, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the book, in his book, right? Its climb is going to take 7,000 years. That's how high this climb is. Whatever this climb is, this Aqaba that's mentioned, this ravine. Generally, Aqaba. Uh, um, or ravine refers to a mountain pass alright so this is going to take 7,000 years to climb thereafter it's going to be a descent of 7 years that's a valley in, uh, a valley in hellfire that's why Atiyah relates from Ibn Umar anhu, regarding the Aqaba he says it's Jabalun fi Jahannam this is a huge mountain in Jahannam right and then he said shouldn't I try to overcome it by freeing a slave, because that's one way to be safe from this, from this, this torture, from this ride of hellfire. Right. That's why Muqatil ibn Hayyan also described that he says the Aqaba in Jahannam, right? How are we going to surpass it? Seven hundred years of seven thousand years of climb. How are we going to pass it? Bi in How can this be overcome? How can this be? Um, uh, 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 how can how can we pass by this? by freeing a slave. Thereafter that, let's look at a hadith that's mentioned in the Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. We use using the words of Bukhari here from Ibn Umar radiallahu He says that I saw once in a dream, it's a famous dream, many of you may have heard it before, famous story. He says, once I saw in my dream that two angels approach me and each one of them had a uh, an iron hammer or something, an iron tool in their hands. Thereafter that, there was, I met Malik, who's in charge of hellfire no actually it wasn't Malik it was just another another angel right who had this iron uh, tool in his hand iron club or whatever it is who met me and he says Lentura you don't be worried you know you don't don't fret don't don't be fearful what a wonderful man you are you're an excellent man as long as you can increase your prayer at night time so they carried me they walked with me actually until they stood with me and he was given a vision in his, in his dream of hellfire. 
right? Lots of people have visions of hellfire in their dreams, so it's not far-fetched. Lots of people today have uh, visions of hellfire where they see themselves up there. Some people have, mashallah, visions of paradise as well, right? So obviously, if somebody does see a vision of hellfire, then it's deterring us from something. It's telling us, don't do something, you know, it's telling us something. If you see paradise, it's encouraging, it's beckoning, it's giving glad tidings. That's generally the interpretation. So anyway, he says, they then took me all the way to the edge until I could see into hellfire because hellfire is low down, right? He says, at this point, hellfire was kind of rolled up. But it had horns, it had something sticking out. Just like um, you have that within a well. And between each one of the two of those handles or horns or whatever they were, you had an angel who had in its hand this iron hammer or club. And within that I could see, so he was given a vision of it, of how it's going to be like when people are filled in it, although there's nobody in there right now, right? I saw in there, there were, me, there were men who had been hung with chains. Their heads were upside down, so they were hung upside down. And subhanAllah, he says, I recognize, وَعَرَفْتُ فِيهِ رِجَالًا مِنْ قُرَيْشِ I recognize some of the Qurashi people there. Like I could recognize some of the men. And then after that, they took me towards the right. And then he woke up and then he mentioned this to his sister Hafsa radiallahu anha, who then told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, yes, Abdullah is a nice, is a nice man. Yeah, let us, let us stop here. We will discuss the depth, inshallah, in the next uh, session. We'll discuss the depth, inshallah, in the next session. And I've got an equation for you to work out. It's uh, quite interesting. Uh, inshallah, we'll see you uh, for the next session, inshallah. Barakallahu feek. Uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.